Kent Hill and today uh, my guest Mr. Greg Huglin, part of the Academy Award winning team behind the documentary The Cove. He's also the director of Fantasy, Fantasy 84, Hawaiian Waterman, Shark Park, The Heaviest Wave, Surfing Dolphins. I had the pleasure of meeting Greg while he was here on the Southern Downs as part of his uh, touring film school, great film experience for rural children to learn the art and the craft that Greg is certainly a master of. Greg Hugland, thank you for being my guest on Cinema Youtube. Thanks for having me here, Kat. It's uh, a tremendous, it was a tremendous experience to meet you in person, but it was also a tremendous experience what your Noosa Film Academy is uh, is providing these uh, children out here in rural areas, uh, something that they, uh, for most of them, have never, probably would never have got to experience had uh, you not um, designed this wonderful program. Yeah, you know, um, when we immigrated here, my wife and I immigrated from California to uh, Australia about 10 years ago. Um, we got lucky and, and were awarded a, what they call a distinguished talent visa. And they only give about 200 of them a year. And my family and I were lucky enough to get four of them. And one of the things they kind of ask you to do is uh, just don't retire in Australia and become a couch potato, they say, why don't you give back some of your skills? So um, my wife and I thought, uh, well, how do we do that? Uh, how do we teach people to make films? And um, I had an experience with uh, teaching at a uh, coastal university, and they were fourth-year media students. And I realized we were teaching them all theory and none of the actual practical a practical. Um, ways of making films and you know I, I thought about the tape system here where you know if you're 10th grade and you feel like going in to be apprenticeship you can spend a few years and you come out with a certificate and you actually know how to build something or make something or design something and i didn't feel that the media studies classes that i was participating in was actually doing that we we're teaching people to talk about it rather than really do it so that's why we came up with the news film academy um, where we'd go tour to schools and the remote, the better. And we'd actually have a day of teaching them the easy and quick way to turn their ideas into actual films. Like I, I said to you on the night, I wish that me wanting to be in the industry uh, at the same time in my life, I wish that that the kind of program that you have um, that you have conceived and executed here had been available at that time. It would have been absolutely mind-blowing. I mean, the thing is, with my son's personal experience, who's not, I mean, he's not, you know, as into it as I am, but it's the first time he's done something at school for a very long time that he came home and talked about and couldn't wait to go to the cinema and see the uh, finished product and all that sort of thing. So it's it's not just for kids who that want to pursue that kind of a career, it can also be an awakening for kids who might have thought, wow, you know, who didn't realise that this sort of thing was a, you know, a possibility or a, or a profession even. Well, you know, uh, Australia's got such an um, extensive history of oral storytelling. It's gone back tens of thousands of years uh, in the Indigenous culture. And now the way that kids teach uh, 
make films and dig digital films is another form of oral storytelling. It's just instead of an oral an oral storytelling that you pass down from generation to generation, this is now everybody's got a phone. And it's only been in the last 20 or so years with the internet and YouTube when somebody, let's say in a very remote country, somebody maybe without a whole lot of money could have an inexpensive phone and tell a story. And then you could take that story, edit it, put it onto a, uh, upload it to YouTube or up to a film festival website. You can find yourself entered your film in a film competition that, for example, maybe let's say there's one that's in New York City. A director sees that and goes, hey, this guy's got a really good style. I'd like him to direct my next music video. Mm. It could change your life. And that's one of the things I really try and tell these kids is you don't have to be in a big city or going to a big school to learn this stuff with just simple equipment like an iPhone, you can tell stories that can communicate around the world. And it's only been in the last 20 or so years. So we try and teach kids, this is the easy way to do it. I'm going to show you the easy way to do it. Do it, And that's what we do in a day. We start off with a, a film, kind of a career montage of a bunch of the things I've done to kind of show them that the old guy standing in front of you actually kind of knows what he's doing. And then we show them a highlight reel from parts of the over 400 workshops we've done in the last five years here in Queensland. Mm -hmm. And then we start casting and making them into a film crew. They act in front of the camera they improvise the, the dialogue. We um, have them, you, we, I'm using a 6k uh, red dragon, which is state of the art equipment. Then we use Sennheiser microphones. We act as exactly like the film set. And we finish this film and in the first couple of sessions in the, of, oh, we shoot the film in the first couple sessions before the, the last break. And then I edit it live and show them this is the easy way to do it. I just try and demystify the process so it looks something that a teenager could do. Hmm. Yes. And that, I mean that, and, and also, as you, uh, as you mentioned at the start, breaking down, getting away from theory, because there's a whole lot. I mean, I certainly remember going through film school and there was quite a lot of theory. Uh, of course, when I went through film school, we were still, as, as you'd be certainly familiar with, uh, we worked on film. I learned to edit film the old fashioned way on a, on a, you know, <clears throat> on an editing machine and, and actually cutting celluloid and developing film and, and, uh, and all that kind of thing. So I was actually the last, one of the last classes that went through uh, the, uh, the Queensland School of Film and Television before they went completely digital. But yeah, there was a there were basically the first year you you read a bunch of stuff and talk about it a lot, and it's not until the sort of the, the second or third year you actually get to uh, <clears throat> touch and play with things, you know, kind of baffling for an industry that thrives on actually you know hands on, you know, it's it's film making, not you know film talking or film reading or <laughs> uh, so yeah. What uh, your your the structure of your uh, of what you create of these classes is certainly, I think, a much needed hands-on experience when it comes to creating art. Because I mean, it's very, it's very all well and good to sit and and talk about it and talk about the history and talk about you know all of the elements and and you know terminologies in fine detail. But it's another thing, as you have well illustrated, to just have the kids sit down. This is how it works. This is how you set it up. This is how it's edited, right? 
Yeah, well, I want to make, I want to demystify it because when I went to film school uh, back in the dark ages, 1971, I went to San Francisco Art Institute and it was, I want, I got a degree in documentary filmmaking and that was, it was almost no theory. I mean, we watched films with our teachers and we'd sit there and talk about film, film noir, you know, certain genres. And so you kind of got an idea of the history, but it was really hands-on. I mean, like you, I edited Super 8 film and then 16 millimeter film, and we had to learn how to actually put it together. We using a flatbed editing machine. We'd do our own, uh, produce our own soundtrack if necessary, our own animations. And so by the time that you got out of uh, the film school, you'd already made at least one film in order to graduate. And so it was an actual hands-on thing. Now, back then, you had to go to film school to learn how to actually use the equipment, how to splice the gear together, how to load the cameras, all that kind of stuff. Now, an iPhone or a Galaxy uh, smartphone will do the exact same thing for you. You just have to learn how to edit it. And basically, to learn how to edit, all you need is go on YouTube, and there's probably some 11-year-old kid that's already put a a YouTube tutorial on there that'll make make it. make you understand how it is. And that's the thing that I really bothered me about. Um, you know, I don't want to criticize the filmmaking schools, some really good ones here, but um, taking media studies is turns, you know, if you get a degree in media studies, most of the time you get, you end up teaching media studies to other people. But I think there's a great lack of filmmaking and new media teachers out there. In fact, I know there is. There's a lack of teachers in most of Queensland schools. We, As I mentioned, we've been over, done over 400 uh, classes in Queensland schools. And whether you're on the coast or very far inland, there's a very big lack of people that actually know how to do, um, make films or teach media or teach theater or dance. It's a lot of theory and not a whole lot of practice. So we want to take... Uh, just show them exactly how to do it. And it's it's really interesting because I don't expect to hit, to uh, communicate with every single kid in a classroom and change their life. But every once in a while, I turn around during the editing process and I see this little glim- glimmer of, of hope and realization that, hey, this is something I could do. And yeah. so that makes us feel good about it. And when we get the we do feedback forms at the end of the day, and we find out what the kids want, what the teachers are, you know, feel they're getting out of the professional development, and we keep on doing it. So this year we did um, two six-week tours. I think we did about sixty-five or seventy uh, films this year. Last year we did ninety, and uh, next year I'm not sure how many we're scheduled to do. My wife Andrea works with um, uh, getting the grants and the funding organized on this. So it's something that we want to keep on doing as long as we can get the funding and there's still the demand, which at the moment we have more demand from schools than we actually have the ability to to go and uh, and uh, deliver. That's that's always a shame when it gets to that point because there's only so much of there's only such of so much of you to go around and and uh, as you say to have adequate financing to to make all these trips and to be able to deliver the experience as you uh, as you wish to deliver it. But I certainly, Greg, I certainly hope, mate, that it keeps uh, going strong and and going strong for for the you know the length of time you're able to uh, to keep doing this because it's it's simply tremendous. It's something that you don't see enough of, and there's certainly enough, I think, enough professional people like yourself that if there was if there was any way, I mean, to talk from my experience, there used to be a a film collective in. 
Queensland for a while called Cupix. It has all dissolved now. But that used to be a collective in which industry professionals like yourself used to come in and give free talks and seminars and whatever on all disciplines, not just cinematography, but recording sound, production management, all that kind of thing. And a lot of it was free. A lot of it was uh, people looking just, you know, there were a lot of film students looking for uh, collaborators who were willing to work simply to help each other out to get, you know, as you know, a show reel together so you can go and exhibit your work and say, well, you know, why don't you consider me as director, director of photography or so on and so forth. So, yeah, I think that I think that what you've started really, I, I hope it continues to uh, to gather momentum and, and hopefully the funding bodies that uh, that you contact see the wisdom in supporting and continue. Well, we, certainly, we certainly hope to. You know, I, I told my wife Andrea when we first started this. Look, I don't want to spend more than ninety days a year in hotel rooms. You know, I used to, I, uh, when I was a fashion photographer, which is uh, in between filmmaking gigs, I do, I shoot fashion. I had a gig um, 180 days a year on location for a big catalog company. And I ended up having no life, you know, it's 180 days shooting days. So maybe 220 days in hotel rooms. Now to do 90 films, we have to spend about 120 days in hotel rooms. I love the outback. I've met some really nice people and I enjoy it, but I like, I'm an ocean guy. I'm a surfer. I like being in the ocean and doing that. And at this stage of my life, I love, we both love the teaching, but it gets to a certain point where um, it's kind of an uphill fight with uh, the funding, you know, it costs us frankly, 500 bucks a day to be anywhere. That's my wife and I in one room feeding ourselves. So if we're on location in, in a remote location and we're doing three three um, or four workshops in a five-day period, we still have the overhead. And we try and get the the funding bodies to um, help us defray that, sometimes touring Queensland and the RADFs and the uh, various grants from the state and local, and we've had federal grants really help us do that. But I think that um, a lot of times, uh, a lot of times, the school, all the time, very few times, the school actually have enough funding to to be able to help finance us coming in because a lot of, I'll ask a teacher that, let's say an art teacher, and the whole department's got, let's say, $2,000 a year for equipment, and that's really not much. So, I mean, for them to even take a bus to someplace like Movie World or somewhere to Brisbane where there might be a film shoot going on, they can't afford even the bus. So a lot of time, that's why we go to them. But at the same time, we still um, need to be paid for our work, uh, and we want to deliver a quality product. So I mean, I'm walking around with about one hundred twenty thousand dollars worth of state of the art six K camera gear, a projector, so we can show what we're shooting to the kids live. And it's a lot of gear to keep going, and uh, we really like it. But it's sometimes difficult to persuade the funding bodies that um, they should give money to us to do this rather than finance uh, some more footy team uniforms, for example. It's it's sad sometimes you see, uh, I remember when I worked for a newspaper and there was a uh, state premier was, was talking about a massive influx of uh, funding was going out to uh, film 
film and film development here in Queensland and most of it was going out just to help really secure the the Hollywood films to make sure that we were, we were getting our, our our slice of the Hollywood money. It wasn't just all going down to, to Fox down in Sydney. And the portion that was put up for local development really went to, you know, some, you know, Netflix productions and stuff. So it really, I mean, the trickle down to the other the other levels that never really happens. And it's um, it's always disheartening, but it's kind of the way it's always been. So it's, you know, this, uh, it, it's, it's been a long time. It's been, it's been nearly 30 years um, since, since Queensland was really a, a, a wonderful sort of its own thriving film friendly state. Um, I don't know if it'll ever get back there, but uh, I mean, certainly they're they're primarily more interested in in making sure that they secure the uh, international productions more than they do certainly independent or or funding you know rural art programs and things like that, which is I don't know, it's ludicrous. If I was in charge, it would be the other way around, but it's um, it's unfortunately not the case. But, Greg, uh, one thing I didn't get to ask you the other night when I saw you, we have a mutual friend because you did some uh, underwater photography on In Like Flynn, directed by Russell Mulcahy. Yeah, well, I I was um, doing this second unit underwater shoots where uh, uh, Errol Flynn and his stunt double are pulled underwater by a sinking um, sailboat that they've stolen. And the idea is there's a a net wrapped around his foot. So first we, uh, we shot this down the Gold Coast. It was very um, kind of murky water and it wasn't the best day to shoot that. The visibility kind of sucked, but I had uh, some um, retired Navy SEALs and some stunt guys that were helping me with it. And it was, you know, shallow water, but it was very, very murky. So I had to get very close to them, but it was fun because the the stunt double who looked exactly like the, the actor that we were portraying, was very good, and I followed him around uh, down as he got dragged down. And the camera was probably, you know, a meter, oh, no, about, I don't know, like a foot and a half away from with a wide-angle lens. And he was pretending to drown and bubbles coming up and, you know, dead-looking. And then I shot, uh, then they gave me the actual actor who wasn't that comfortable in the water, um, but he did a really good job. Uh, And I told them that, don't worry, there's a guy on the bottom with a rebreather, and he will not let you drown. Uh, he will not let you drown first, then he will not let me drown second. But we got that done, and it was a very short period in the film. And uh, I, I never saw the entire film, but um, it was funny because I brought the, the footage back. I, you know, we, I uploaded it to a hard drive for the production company. I was looking on my on my computer that night, and my daughter, who was about oh, 13 or 14, was looking over my shoulder, and she said, oh, oh my God, oh, my God, that actor, he's famous. He was in Narnia. And I said, well, see, now you should come to work with me sometime. So I had a really good time and I really enjoyed doing that kind of uh, bits and pieces for feature films. And, for you know, I like com- shooting commercials and stuff. I just personally don't want to work on any films that take takes me a couple of years of my life because I've done that before. And I enjoy the teaching and in between our teaching, I do work on my own projects, but they're short ones. 
it's it's incredible, mate. Your your footage is utterly incredible. Really breathtaking stuff, and the world is a richer place for men with incredible eyes like yourselves. And and the uh, the uh, limits and the extremes of which you go to to capture these images. And it has been an incredible honour to uh, meet you in person. It's been an incredible honour to talk to you again. And I certainly hope, Greg Huglin, that the powers that be continue to uh, shine down and, and see you continue your uh, marvellous work with the Travelling Noosa Film Academy. Well, I really appreciate that, Kent. You know, I, I, it's sometimes I wonder why I do stuff. And I think that just the reason, the same reason you do it, any creative person, it's something you do. You don't just stop when you're 55 or 65 and say, okay, I'm done with that. It's a, it's something you just keep on doing, you know? And I personally, I've never been asked, do I have a film degree? Yes, I do. Do I have a teaching credential? Yes, I do. Nobody ever asked you in the, my 50 plus years of being employed, making films and shooting stills. I've never been asked, do you have a degree? Everybody says, let me see your work. And that's why I try and tell these kids, if you're passionate about something, you don't have to go get a piece of paper that says, you know what you're doing, a degree. You just have to make your work look as good as a professional, and then you will get work. I mean, obviously you have to advertise and stuff, but I think that uh, what I try and tell the kids as well is it doesn't matter how you approach it. It's the end result. And if you're passionate about something, you're going to do it probably better than somebody that doesn't like their job. So follow your dreams, follow your heart and do what you really like, because you only got one go around in here. And I hope that's what I impart with to the kids is the idea that you can really do this. It's not that difficult. It's a fantastic message. And it's one I certainly hope that, uh, as I say, the powers of big get behind and continue to support the uh, Travelling Noosa Film Academy and the marvellous work of the uh, man, the myth, the legend, Greg Hagelin. Thank you for being on Cinema Yugen.